Welcome to Life Talk, a series of thought-provoking podcasts specifically developed to thoroughly enrapture, dynamically expand, and potentially enrich your life by challenging your heart. And now, here's Craig. There's an old Chinese proverb that states, Be not afraid of growing slowly. Be afraid only of standing still. I'm going to talk about grief and loss in this podcast. And if there's ever times in our lives when we end up standing still, it's during times of grief and loss. My intent in this podcast is to help us understand how grief and loss, even devastating grief and loss, rather than causing us to stand still, can actually facilitate great growth. One of my books, An Autumn's Journey, Deep Growth in the Grief and Loss of Life's Seasons, deals with the issue of grief and loss. So I'll be drawing from that book a bit in this podcast. I ended up writing this particular book for a number of reasons. Unfortunately, I don't have the time to go into those reasons in this podcast. Suffice it to say, I have had my own grief and loss. And for over 40 years, I've walked with thousands of people through their grief and loss. Obviously, all of that created some motivation to write. In reality, however, the thing that really created the impetus for me to take on the task of writing about grief and loss was the unexpected death of my own mother on October 14th of 2007. In those final hours of her life, on her deathbed, I promised her that I would write. I made that promise to her because for years she had encouraged me to write. And so the journey from her deathbed to her funeral, to closing out her personal effects and affairs, to visiting her graveside on a cold Christmas day some two years later, is the journey outlined in this book. Now, time in this podcast only affords me the opportunity to say a few very brief things of the many things I would like to say to you on the subject of grief and loss. The premise that undergirds everything that I'm going to say in this podcast is simply this. There is great purpose in great pain. So in order to build a foundation to support this premise, I'm going to pull several different thoughts together. First, I want to talk about pain as tremendous opportunity. Then I want to briefly talk about how and why we miss those opportunities. Once I have those two thoughts in place, I want to share with you two basic ideas, two principles that you can begin to incorporate into your own times of grief and loss to turn your pain into great gain. Now, as I said a moment ago, my premise here in this podcast is that there is great purpose in great pain. My premise is that grief and loss is one of the grandest places within which God does his grandest work. It is my conviction that in the deepest pain, God does the deepest work. I don't say that lightly. I stand here today as a testimony to my own grief and loss, as well as the grief and loss of the thousands I've walked dark times and dark roads with, and I can unreservedly tell you that there is great purpose and great pain, and that includes your pain. 
The introduction of my book sums up the thought that there is great purpose in great pain. And so in order to expedite this for you, let me read a brief paragraph from the introduction to shape what I'm going to say. It reads, In the convulsions of that month, as well as the death that was to follow, there was a provoking yet compelling need within me that strove to make sense of this, to build into and out of this experience something that made the experience worthwhile and gave it meaning. It seemed more than loss that within this time and this loss there lay priceless clues to life and doors to a deeper understanding regarding this journey that we're all on. In time, there emerged a profound richness that did not take away the pain or erase the loss. Rather, it provided something of inestimable value that seemed to be complete only if it were shared with others. As a result of the many dynamics surrounding my mom's death, there was a foundational shift that occurred in my thinking regarding grief and loss that I want to suggest to you today. That shift involved moving away from a mentality of processing grief and loss as something to escape or to be healed from, and to begin to see grief and loss as opportunity to grow from, to see grief and loss as a profound and priceless opportunity, to let our losses be our biggest opportunities for growth. It seems to me that God is a phenomenal opportunist, and I remain completely convinced that grief and loss, while terribly painful, while sometimes completely overwhelming, runs incredibly deep with unknown, unrecognized, and untapped opportunity. But we miss those priceless opportunities, and we therefore bypass and forfeit the immense growth that could have been ours. So to begin, I want to briefly put forth a basic concept, a way of thinking that won't expand your view of pain, but will expand your view of what can be done with your pain. Now, to do that, I'm going to draw from a couple of places. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul writes, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. The implication here is that there is a reality that we can't conceive. Our ability to ascertain this thing that we call life has severe limitations. We can only see just so far, and that isn't very far. We can only hear just so much, and that isn't very much. And we can only know scant pieces and parts of whatever life is. The assumption that I must embrace is that what I don't know is infinitely greater and vastly larger than what I do know. The Christian philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal wrote, The last function of reason is to recognize that there are an infinity of things which surpass it. That beyond the limited limits of my understanding, there lies a vastness that I can't even begin to conceptualize. That even if I take the sum total of everything that I know, and everything that I understand, and everything that a lifetime of study and experience and observation and education would grant me, and if I gather all of that stuff together, that even 
then. There is an infinite expanse of realities out there whose edges I can barely touch, if touch at all. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9, God articulates this dichotomy. He says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There are two extremely different sets of ways and two very different sets of thoughts, ours and God's. One is confined and the other is entirely undefined. Because I am the one that is confined, what I don't know will have a vastly greater bearing on my life than what I do know. That the resources that I possess are but a thin slice, a tiny fragment a very minute shard of what actually exists and what is actually available to me. That God is infinite and therefore endless and therefore without any limits and therefore possessing endless options and able to create innumerable possibilities, all of which effectively eliminates any notion of the impossible whatsoever. What would happen if I plugged my grief and my loss, and my pain into all of that. Clearly, what I don't know will have a vastly greater bearing on my life than what I do know. Now, let's take the concept of what we don't know is infinitely greater than what we do know and use it as a template of sorts and place it over the whole reality of grief and loss and the pain that's part of all of that. To give you an example of how this concept applies specifically to grief and loss, let's go to the book of Job. Job chapter 42, verse 3. Job chapter 42, verse 3. But before we read that verse, let's build some thought in around it so that we can fully grasp what Job is saying. Throughout the book of Job, Job and his three friends, friends that is, spend chapter after chapter after chapter, rigorously applying the limitations of human understanding to the pain and loss that Job experienced. They take the death of Job's children and the loss of his wealth and his deteriorating physical condition, and they play out endless scenarios in order to make sense of it all. And in the end, after all that discussion, with the rigorous application of human logic and the limitations of human understanding applied to Job's grief and loss and pain, they draw a completely wrong, misguided conclusion. And in doing that, they miss everything that God was doing. What God wanted drawn out of that time of grief and loss in Job's life was completely and entirely missed. And that's because it was all done within the confines of human knowledge. It was never explored out in the vastness of God and who God is and what he does. It was never put in a place outside of human logic in the belief that maybe there's an explanation or a rationale that they simply couldn't conceive that was in reality far better and far superior that there's a vaster plan that makes incredible sense and is wonderfully rich, but it lies outside of the realm of their thinking. They didn't understand that what they didn't know had a vastly greater bearing on their lives than what they did know. An unknown author wrote, 
A bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. Most of the time, we don't want to make the turn because in making the turn, we're headed off to some place we don't want to go. The road rolls off out of our line of sight and it isn't following the course that we demanded go. We like roads that are straight and smooth and humanly logical. And so we try to force them straight and smooth. And that's what Job and his friends did. They didn't understand that what they didn't know had a vastly greater bearing on their lives than what they did know. H. Jackson Brown Jr. wrote, If you know someone who tries to drown their sorrows, you might tell them that sorrows know how to swim. In other words, if you try to make the road what you want the road to be, it will never really be a road. And without a road, you'll be lost. We try to force things within the confines of what we know. So at the end of this period of immense grief and loss and pain that Job went through, as he tried to make sense of the loss that seemed senseless, at the end of wrestling with all the savagery and unfairness and brutality of what he experienced, God showed up and put Job's situation outside of human logic and into the vastness of God and his plan. God showed Job a road he had resisted. God showed Job that what he didn't know had a vastly greater bearing on his life than what he did know. And finally, standing in awe of what God was in reality doing in Job's grief and loss and the road he had completely missed, in Job chapter 42, verse 3, he writes this, Job says, Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. And why did he say that? Because God stepped in and said there are things that you don't see, that you don't understand, that are beyond your line of sight and your road. And because they are, you forced your situation into your line of sight and a road that you could see down. You failed to recognize that what you don't know has a vastly greater bearing on your life than what you do know. And in doing that, you killed what I wanted to give you in this time of great grief and loss. And so how many times have we forced the understanding or explanation of our situations into our terribly limited lines of sight and roads that don't bend? How many times have we failed to apply the reality that what we don't know has a vastly greater bearing on our lives and our pain than what we do know? How many times have we demanded an explanation for why things have gone the way that they have, and so we manage and manipulate and rationalize our pain, our grief, our loss, the unfairness of our situations, our deep sense of injustice, our unwillingness to move on without whatever it is that we've lost, and in doing this, we end up with some sort of twisted explanation that does nothing to help us grow, that probably actually diminishes us instead, and certainly does nothing to provide us any revolution, resolution, and is nothing of what God wanted to do. We not only kill what God wanted to do in our lives, we miss that he wanted to do anything in the first place. And so we walk on as wounded people, questioning God, 
questioning life and questioning ourselves. And it all happens because we refuse to believe that something far greater exists that we simply can't see. In our grief and loss and pain, we fail to understand that what we don't know has a vastly greater bearing on our lives than what we do know. And because we refuse to embrace that reality, what God wanted to do is killed. And all that's left of something that was so promising and filled with promise is now something toxic and limp and dead. Rossiter Worthington Raymond wrote, Life is eternal, and love is immortal, and death is only a horizon, and a horizon is nothing save the limit of our sight. A horizon is nothing save the limit of our sight. If a horizon is really nothing more than the limit of my sight, and if a horizon is really the stepping off point to thousands of other horizons beyond that, that themselves go on to thousands of other horizons, then I am forced to live with the fact that my reality is but one horizon of thousands. So then, where do I work out my grief and loss? Within the horizon I can see? If I do that, it likely won't end well. You see, God designed us to live a life of a thousand horizons, to realize that what we don't know has a vastly greater bearing on our lives than what we do know. And at mom's death, that is where I found myself. And that is where God had ample space to use great pain for great growth. To pull those thoughts together in chapter 12 of my book, I wrote this. Sometimes we need to stand aside and make way for the miraculous. Sometimes we need to give life the audacious permission to live outside the suffocating restraints of our understanding. Sometimes we need to exercise faith enough to believe in what we can't see and to invest in the very things that defy our imaginations. Sometimes we need to let things come to a culmination that relinquishes a cherished past and sets us on a course to an unknown but completely charted future. If we understand that what we don't know will have a vastly greater bearing on our lives than what we do know. God will do great things in and through whatever pain you're walking with or will ever walk with. We hope that you've enjoyed part one of our series on grief and loss. Tune in next week to enjoy part two of this series. Thank you for joining us for Life Talk. For further information or additional resources, please visit www.craiglpc.com.